Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples the website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including William Yateman. He's a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. We'll also visit with Crystal Kinzel. She is our comptroller here in Cuyahoga County, as well as our clerk of courts. Mark Moyer has written a terrific new book. It's called Triumph Regained, the Vietnam War, 1965-68. to He's also a professor at Hillsdale College, and look forward to our discussion about his new book, as well as Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many books, his latest, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries by Life by Design. It is January the 13th, and if uh, you're suspicious, you probably want to hunker down today. On this day in 1128, Pope Honorarius II granted a papal sanction to a military order known as the Knights of Templar, declaring it to be an army of God, led by Frenchman Hughes de Payens, the Knights Templar organization was uh, founded in 1118. Its self-imposed mission was to project, protect Christian pilgrims on their way into and from the Holy Land during the Crusades, the series of military expeditions aimed at defeating Muslims in Palestine. For a while, the Templars had only nine members, mostly due to the rigid rules. In addition to having noble birth, the knights were required to take strict vows of poverty, obedience, and chastity. In 1127, new promotional efforts convinced more noblemen to join the order, gradually increasing the size and influence. By the time the Crusades ended, unsuccessfully in the early 14th century, the order had grown extremely wealthy, provoking the jealousy of both religious and secular powers. In 1307, King Philip IV of France and Pope Clement V combined to take down the Knights Templar, arresting the Grand Master uh, Jacques de Molay on charges of heresy, sacrilege, and Satanism. Under torture, Molay and other leading Templars confessed and were eventually burned at the stake. Not a pleasant group there. Clement dissolved the Templars in 1312. The modern-day Catholic Church has admitted that the persecution of the Knights Templar was unjustified and claimed that Pope Clement had, was pressured by secular rulers to dissolve the order. Over the centuries, myths and legends about the Templars have grown, including the belief that they may have discovered the holy relics at the Temple Mount, including the Holy Grail, the Arctic Art of the Covenant, or parts of the cross from Christ's crucifixion. The imagined secrets of the Templars have inspired various books and movies, of course, the blockbuster novel and film The Da Vinci Code. <clears throat> well, here's some bad luck. It's only January. We're already having the scam story of the year. J.P. Morgan is suing Frank CEO Charles Charlie Device, uh, sorry, Javice, and another executive at FinTech Company, which is bought, accusing them of essentially trying to uh, making up a client roster. Here's what happened. In the 2021, J.P. Morgan paid $175 million to acquire Frank, a student financial aid uh, planning platform that boosted uh, uh, 4.25 million users. J.P. Morgan didn't appear to be very interested in the uh, services or the business of the platform, but it did want to build a pipeline to send Frank's young customers directly into Jamie Dimon's banking universe. There was just one problem. Less than 10% of Frank's users uh, were real, J.P. Morgan claims. For example, the bank said its marketing email included 400,000 customers and roughly 70% of the emails bounced back after conducting internal investigations. J.P. Morgan said it discovered that uh, Javice, a Forbes 30 under 30 honoree, had hired a college professor to create a bunch of fake user data to pad uh, Frank's numbers for the merger and then just bought one really big email list. What's next? Well, there's going to be a lengthy battle, of course. Javice, who was fired in November, is also suing J.P. Morgan for millions uh, to recoup expenses she took on during the aforementioned investigations and the $28 million she says she still owed from the merger. 
Good luck in collecting that. So a big legal battle is going to break out. It could even happen to J.P. Morgan buying into something that's kind of phony. First scam of the year. Well, the consumer price index in December increased by 6.5% compared to the same time 12 months earlier. That, according to the Labor Department, the prices for all items fell 0.1% from November-December, the agency reported. The CPI is a measure of inflation that shows the average change in prices that consumers pay for goods over time. Inflation is currently below the four-decade high of 9.1% in June. However, food prices remain high as overall cost of food was 10.4% higher in December than it was a year earlier, according to the agency. Food costs have increased by 0.3% from November to December. Actually, somebody said on Facebook, I think it was, that this year, instead of using eggs, they're going to uh, color potatoes <laughs> for, for the hunt. Anyhow, uh, the latest inflation numbers come from the Federal Reserve raised interest rates in mid-December by half a percentage point as part of the central bank's ongoing attempts to lower inflation. The December CPI report is the final one before the Fed's scheduled to make a decision about interest rates on February the 1st. On Thursday's broadcast of Fox uh, Network's Cudlow, pretty good show, uh, economics editor John Carney praised Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell for declaring the Federal Reserve will not engage in climate policy and noted that it was particularly bold to do so in Europe. Carney also predicted that Powell will be attacked by Democrats the next time he appears in Congress, before Congress, for taking this position. I just really commend him for that. I actually saw that broadcast, and Powell said, you know, we're not going to get involved in all this stuff, uh, climate change and uh, ESG and all those uh, types of things that are very controversy and controversial. So he's going to stick to his knitting and just concern himself about employment and inflation. That's good. Very good. Well, uh, Lisa Marie Presley, the song singer-songwriter and daughter of Elvis Presley, has died. She was 54. Uh, just two days after Presley and her mother, Priscilla, attended the Golden Globes in support of uh, Baz Luhrmann's, uh, Elvis Lisa Marie was rushed to the hospital after suffering a suspected cardiac arrest at her home in Calabasas, California. Hours later, Priscilla was confirmed to people that Lisa Marie had died. It was a heavy heart that I must share these devastated, this devastating news that my beautiful daughter, Lisa Marie, has left us, she said in a statement. In 2003, Lisa Marie Presley proved she was a musician in her own right by releasing her debut album, To Whom It May Concern, on which she wrote or co-wrote every song. The song reached number five on the Billboard 200 chart and would later go on to be certified gold. So she left a legacy. And I bring this up. I hadn't been following Lisa Marie Presley. But this is just another young person that, that like so many young people, have died. Uh, Las Vegas teens, a couple of them died. Silk just the other day. You have uh, Diamond and Silk. I should say uh, Diamond died, uh, not Silk. Uh, Air Force cadet was on his way to class and just collapsed. He was on a football team. Many young athletes. Ahmad Galloway is a former football player, played for Alabama. He just uh, dropped dead. Uh, Ed Dowd's done a lot of research on this, and we're certainly seeing something happen. And uh, There's a correlation uh, correlation between uh, those who've been vaccinated and uh, young people dying. This, that correlation is not causation, so there's not absolute proof, but something's going on, and uh, we should be very concerned about our young people right now. Well, President Joe Biden confirmed Thursday classified documents were discovered in his garage at his Delaware home, but didn't explain why. By the way, the Corvette is in, in a locked garage, okay? It's not like they're sitting out there in the street, he said, when uh, asked about reporters about revelation of a second group of classified documents found in his home in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, Biden's prize Corvette had been used by the White House to promote the president's agenda. The president repeated he would continue to cooperate with the Justice Department to recover classified documents from his belongings. Biden did not answer any additional questions about what he had, the documents, why he had the documents in his possession, noting that the investigation was ongoing. We're going to see how this all unfolds, he said. A reporter shouted a question. He pointed out the audience and said, how are you doing? Before returning to the podium and asked, answering a question about his wife's recent surgery. Richard Sauber, a special counsel for Biden, confirmed in a statement early Thursday a small number of records with classified markings from his time as a vice president were found. All but one of these documents were found in stored space in the president's Wilmington resident garage. 
He said one of the documents consisted of one page was discovered among stored materials in an adjacent room. How'd that happen? Hmm. And uh, again, the president claims he was surprised to know these these were found. He didn't know about them. But if they, it was locked, <laughs> they were locked in the garage, he said. So already an inconsistency. So uh, Salver said there were no documents found at the president's vacation house in Rehoboth Beach. The new details only uh, add to questions about the vice president's handling of classified documents. After it was first revealed on Tuesday, classified information was found in his private office, been used in Washington, D.C. as part of his position at the University of Pennsylvania think tank. Biden responded to the news Tuesday by saying he was surprised to learn about records that were in his office. He also claimed ignorance about the details of the documents found in his private office in D.C. I don't know what's uh, what's in the documents, he continued. My lawyers have, not sug- have suggested that I did not look at the documents or uh, find out what they were. So interesting. So what's going on? I'm not exactly sure we're going to be talking to uh, both two guests today about this issue and find out what their thoughts might be, but it looks very suspicious. Makes me wonder if perhaps the Democrats aren't saying, hey, you know, we're kind of done with this guy. I would throw him under the bus and move on. Uh, Biden maybe has already uh, provided whatever usefulness he had. We'll see. Well, Attorney General Merrick Garland has appointed the former U.S. Attorney for Maryland as a special counsel to oversee the investigation of documents with classified markings found at the president's former home in Washington think tank and in the garage in Wilmington. Robert Herr, the former top federal prosecutor in Maryland, will serve as the special counsel overseeing the re- review of the documents, which date back to the Obama administration. Uh, her uh, served as the U.S. attorney during the Trump administration is the second special counsel appointed to oversee an investigation in sensitive documents. They're along with Jack Smith, who was tapped to look over what's happening with the president's documents from uh, Mar-a-Lago. Her, by the way, was appointed uh, by Trump, but uh, he also is uh, very close with the former attorney general Rosens- Rosenberg. Rosenstein? I've forgotten his last name. Anyhow. Uh, it's, we'll see. <laughs> again, who's doing the investigation could be a, a pretty significant concern for all who are involved. Well, a growing number of Republican donors, officials, and lawmakers are distancing themselves from GOP Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel and Senator Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, signaling frustration with the party's current leadership. House Republicans and former President Donald Trump have been publicly critical of McConnell for approving the year-end $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. The big problem the Republican Party has is Mitch McConnell, Trump said, suggesting the senator's history of big spending and family ties to China will undercut the messaging the House Republicans have mapped out for 2023. And former Congressman and Republican presidential candidate Michelle Bachman echoed Trump's concern about McConnell. Here's her quote, People really do want to change, Bachman told the John Solomon Report. And I hope that Mitch McConnell will take the hint and enjoy the rest of his life with his wife quietly in Kentucky, and we wish him well. I think that's exactly what former President Trump was saying, and I think the Republican base would agree with that. Well, I certainly do. It's refreshing to hear uh, this mentioned. You know, we should move on from McConnell and and, uh, Ronald McDaniel as well. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lula Bee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. Are you planning on traveling abroad? Most health insurance plans don't cover international travel. Travel with confidence with the International Health Insurance for uh, real short money. Uh, You can find out more by visiting the website, uh, internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, we're going to visit with Mark Moyer, the uh, author of Triumph Regained, the Vietnam War from 1965 to 68. Right now, we have with us William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow at Pacific Legal Foundation. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure. Uh, William, tell us about the Pacific Legal Foundation. You bet. We're a legal nonprofit, and we defend Americans from government overreach and abuse. What a terrific mission. And uh, are, are your clients uh, mainly needy, or are you t- taking up issues because of uh, their importance or because of the people that need, uh, need help? Oh, indeed. It's both. Um, and, indeed, we work pro bono, so uh, our clients, are, uh, we work free of charge, and we're defending liberty. Um, so it is a bit of both. Okay, great. Uh, PacificLegal.com, uh, I believe the website is PacificLegal.com. Dot org. Dot uh, org. Thank you for that, William. Now, I want to talk to you about what's going on on Capitol Hill and this big development about the troves of classified documents found in uh, not only uh, uh, Biden's office at University of Pennsylvania, but also in his house next to the garage, or in the garage, next to his Corvette. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, you can't make this stuff up. Um, this is just remarkable. And, you know, I should note, as I said in prior Fridays when we were discussing the Mar-a-Lago uh, raid, um, the government classifies too much documentation. Yeah. Um, so I'm not inclined, you know, but I don't think anyone knows exactly what these documents are, nor the ones uh, that Trump had. Um, uh that said, um, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And the fact is, the president was very hard on Trump. I mean, he went on 60 Minutes in last September um, saying, how could anyone be that irresponsible to, to mishandle these documents? Um, and that's sort of exactly what we've got at hand here. So his excuse, uh, I think he said in a press conference that, hey, it, it's not as though they were lying outside in the ground. Um, that also applies to Mar-a-Lago. So um, it's a political nightmare for the president, and, and indeed it, it sort of raises a number of trouble, troubling political questions as well. The timing does. Yeah. Um, 
evidently th- this they became aware of the first tranche of documents uh, six days before the midterm elections, and they sat on that information um, and sort of behind the scenes looked for more documents and then found a second tranche. But these are the ones at his home uh, on December 20th. So, you know, today is January 13th. Yeah. Um, you know, why, why is the public only now becoming aware of this, especially given the prominence and sort of all the political limelight that the Justice Department and now a special counsel's uh, uh, investigation of the Trump documents received? So uh, the, the politics are uh, uh, terrible for the president, and the timing raises some troubling questions. And just overall, this is um, just a remarkable story that... Um, again, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, and I, I, and I also am aware that I, I believe the uh, prosecutor from uh, Delaware is uh, going to press some charges on Hunter Biden. It makes me wonder if perhaps the uh, f- uh, discovery of these documents had anything to do with what's going on with Hunter Biden. We don't know at this point, to be sure. I will say this. Um, this was noted by uh, investigative reporter Glenn Greenwald. He's pretty famous. Oh, yeah. Tucker Carlson. Um, once in a while, but evidently Hunter Biden had access to, to uh, this garage where the second tranche of documents uh, were held. And by no means am I saying that uh, to imply that there was any malfeasance on his part. What I am saying is that under this what's good for the goose is good for the gander tenet uh, 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 that, that I think does apply here, um, it just raises all sorts of troubling questions. Like if, this, if the shoe were on the other foot, yeah. Um, the outrage would be palpable and would be unending. And even as it is now, I'll say this, uh, uh, regardless, oh, uh, I'll put it this way, this is a juicy enough story where it's not being swept under the rug. I mean, the, the White House press secretary, two days this week, on Wednesday and Thursday, faced very difficult question from um, you know mainstream media sources that uh, perhaps have a perception that they tilt one way. Yeah, um, but that is to say, information is coming out fast and furious, and uh, the the press does seem motivated to get to the bottom, especially of the timeline. Yeah, you know, William, it's it actually gets worse. Uh, I understand that uh, Hunter Biden actually has the title to the home that well, President well, Biden lives in. <laughs> is that the case? So yeah. I did not know that. Well, again, these are uh, these are legitimate questions, and that uh, now. I will say this. The Department of Justice has appointed the special counsel, Robert Herr. He was a Trump appointee. Everyone thinks he's a straight shooter. So uh, uh, it will take months. And the, uh, if things come out from this investigation, I can't imagine it will be flattering to the president. But yeah. we do have someone on the job to get to the bottom of this. Absolutely. Well, before I let you go, I'd love to get your thoughts about the uh, uh how the uh, House oversight priorities and uh, the 118th Congress looks like things are off to a pretty quick start. Off to a pretty quick start, and I'd just say uh, I'm hopeful that a revolution has occurred. And I, I don't mean that as an understatement. I mean, it sounds like hyperbole, but the rules changes that we discussed on prior Fridays that mm-hmm. were a part, part of these negotiations and deliberations in, in the, the speakership battle um, for McCarthy, but uh, they have decentralized power to committees, congressional committees, in a manner that we have not seen in at least five decades and back then, five decades ago, Congress, to be sure, it had its flaws, but it functioned a lot better and a lot more as it's supposed to as Article 1 out of 3 in our Constitution. Um, so the committees, the extent to which power has been devolved to committees to pursue oversight is something that is heartening. Um, and I'm hopeful that this 118th Congress, we're going to see a more functioning Congress or House of Representatives than we, we have in a long time. Uh, I would certainly agree with that. The uh, last Congress, everything was by fiat. Uh, Pelosi ran that place like with an iron fist, and uh, you know you didn't hear. There were no committee meetings. Everything just kind of appeared, and they voted on it a couple hours after they received four thousand pages of legislation. So, uh, hopefully, we'll see a change, and uh, I believe we will. Here, here. William Aitman, again, uh, Senior Legal Fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation. PacificLegal.org is the website. William, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Crystal Kinzel. She is the Collier County Controller, as well as uh, Clerk of Courts. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay 
or of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with the Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences, also building a beautiful performing arts center in downtown Naples. You can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Mark Moyer. He is the uh, author of the newly released Triumph Regained, the Vietnam War between 65 and 68. Right now, we have with us our Clerk of Courts and Comptroller here in Collier County, Crystal Kenzel. Crystal, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, Bob, for having me. My pleasure. I, I'm sure listeners would really be appreciate uh, knowing a little bit more about uh, your role and what you do for Collier County. Thank you. Um, the clerk of courts has a, a variety of duties. Um, they, they say uh, over a thousand. I, I haven't personally counted them, but um, we serve as the comptroller to the Board of County Commissioners. We're the keeper of all the records for the board. We have all their minutes. Our website's rather robust, and um, our second role is the keeper of all records for properties, marriage licenses, deeds, all of the official records of Collier County. We're the keeper of those. And then we have a Court function and our court function, we serve as again the keeper of all the court records, all the docket information, case files. Um, those are all kept electronically by our office. So we have three primary roles, and each of those has tentacles into everything from marriage licenses to dissolutions of marriages, and uh, and. Um, a lot of records that we want to make available to your listeners. Speaking of which, by the way, before it slips my mind, I know you've got something coming up on Valentine's Day. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yes, I do. That's one of the fun things that we get to do, and um, I want to let your listeners know that, again, we will be holding our uh, annual. We've done it three years. We missed one year because of COVID, but our our annual Valentine's Day vow uh, renewal ceremony and new weddings, that'll be uh, February 14th. Um, Couples can arrive about 9 a.m., and this year our sponsor is 21 Spices Restaurant on the East Trail. So they will be hosting us for the ceremonies, and they'll be providing all of the uh, refreshments and food and everything for the event. So we really appreciate their help. Oh, thank you for that. Uh, And uh, now I understand that there is somewhat of a scam going on in Collier County right now. 
Oh, thank you. I really want to get this information out. We put out a press release, several press releases, but I know you have a robust listening group, and unfortunately, these scammers are successful. They're calling people. They're representing themselves as law enforcement officers, sergeant, lieutenant, high-ranking officials, you know, and um, they're telling people that there's a warrant out for their arrest, either for not showing up for jury duty or another subpoena that um, they missed accepting or any kind of legal document. Um, and they ask for between $3,000 and $3,500, but for a mere 350 immediately on your credit card or your bank debit card, they will make sure that this warrant is uh, taken care of. So please don't fall scam to that. Never give your card information out over an unsolicited call. Uh, hang up. If you can get the phone number, please report it to law enforcement or to our office, um, our hotline. We are working very closely with the sheriff's office as we received many of these in our inspector general office, but we always work with the sheriff. So um, tell your callers, don't be fooled. They're very convincing, and um, please don't be intimidated or embarrassed. If you have fallen, pray to them because they're good, but please report the crime. That's yeah. the only way we can try to stop it. Well, I tell you, the Internet is just to absolutely increase the volume of these types of attempts. And once they get away, I mean, they could go to another country. They could be doing it from another country, for crying out loud. So it's Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It is horrible indeed. So, uh, you know, in fact, there's, uh, I saw a commercial saying, you know, if you want to, some people are trying to steal the title to your property. And uh, don't let it happen. Buy our insurance or buy our, our coverage, whatever it might be. Is that is that can can that happen? Have you uh, can some? Um, unfortunately, again, yes, it can. Um, public records laws. Uh, the information that we keep online available to everyone. It's a very uh, good convenience for our citizens to have access, but unfortunately it's easy access also for criminals. Mm. So we recommend um, you don't need to pay hundreds of dollars. You can sign up if your property is in Collier County. Sign up for our fraud alert on our website, collierclerk.com. It is under risk alert. There's a big easy button. You can sign up, register your name, your email, and your documents. And if anything is filed against those documents, we will send you an email to let you know. Now, that doesn't necessarily stop the criminal uh, an intent, but it certainly gives you a leg up to address the issue right away. Oh so we encourage all of your listeners, it's free, there are no fees, um, get on and please uh, register your property so we can let you know if you're in jeopardy. Collierclerk.gov is the website? No, dot .com. Dot .com. Dot com. We're Co still a dot .com. Okay, Collierclerk.com is the website. So that's something we should all take advantage of. There's no downside on that one, I don't think. No, thank uh, you. I understand uh, that uh, you've got a new uh, communications uh, system that's coming out. Um, well, we have, yes. Um, the legislature passed during the last session last year, but it became effective January 1, that clerks or county boards must approve or authorize, but we can create the website for all legal notices. So this should save the taxpayers of Collier County really hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, we're in the process of initiating that. We're going to start with the clerk's office advertising, uh, make sure that everything works and is streamlined. Then we'll pull the Board of County Commissioner's advertising. People may not know that is another role of the clerk of courts. Mm -hmm. Back in 96, the Board of County Commissioners made the clerk um, – the loop or the facilitator of advertising. So a county department has to post a legal ad. It goes through their legal department. Then it comes to the clerk, and we facilitate it with the um, newspapers primarily. So this was an opportunity with all the electronic information. This will make legal notices available to the community every day, less cost, and uh, we hope to get that information out probably the first part of summer. It'll take us about three months. It became effective. We've been working on it about six weeks. But um, we'll have an established website that uh, your listeners can go to and get all of your legal notices regarding Collier County. Mm -hmm. And we're also working with the City of Everglades um, to facilitate it so that they have a lower-cost option. That's, that's terrific. So well, we'll look forward to uh, developments on that. Um, also, just out of curiosity, how are we doing financially? We've gone through the pandemic. We've had all kinds of things happening. How's Collier County doing? Well, you know, Collier County is um, resilient. 
if nothing else. Yeah. Um, we, we fortunately, we are so um, blessed here. Uh, we're in good fiscal shape. Uh, at the last board meeting, we were just able to get under the wire on these high interest rates, and we were able to refinance one of our bonds, saving almost $4 million for the taxpayer wow. in interest in the future. So we always look for those opportunities. But we were very lucky and um, I think insightful that our commissioners have built up reserves. We have cash flow contingencies. And um, even though we were hit with the hurricane, uh, we we have been able to sustain that cash flow and we'll take care of business here in Collier County. So I think it's a compliment to the county staff and to the commissioners with the foresight to put that money in and um, have it available to bring us back online. Absolutely. Again, uh, Crystal Kinzel, our uh, Collier County uh, Comptroller, as well as uh, Clerk, of course. I just genuinely appreciate your comment. Any final messages you want to make sure we have before we leave? Well, definitely tell your readers sign up for the Valentine's Day, all on callyourclerk.com. They can also subscribe to our newsletter. I put that out uh, every month and try to keep them up to date on what's going on in county government. And we will be celebrating our centennial for Collier County all through 2023. We are 100 years old. So look for programs, and we're going to do some historical things here at the, the courthouse and the courthouse annex for children, get them involved in their government and their process. And we're really looking forward to that as another fun thing that we're going to be able to do for the citizens. Fantastic. Crystal, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Bob. Anytime. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Mark Moyer. He is a professor at Hillsdale College and also the author of Triumph Regained, The Vietnam War, 1965 to 1968. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics, they know the policy, and they prepare your elected officials to win in the legislature. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Right now we have with us Mark Moyer. He is a professor at Hillsdale College. He's also the author of a new book, Triumph Regained, the Vietnam War, 1965 to 1968. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. 
Thanks very much for having me. My pleasure, indeed. Before we get into the book, I'd just love to ask you about your experience at Hillsdale College. I just admire uh, what they're doing there. Can you uh, just give you a few thoughts about uh, your role and involvement there? Yes, I joined uh, last year after spending some time in the Trump administration. Before that, I taught at a number of government institutions, but it's, uh, it's an oasis in what has become a highly politicized academia, which actually in some senses owes its legacy to the Vietnam War, but it's a, it's a place where people who might get ostracized by so-called mainstream universities can flourish, and it's, it's become a haven for very smart and capable students over the past several decades, so it's a great place to be. It certainly is, and I just admire uh, Hillsdale so much. In fact, the only place I don't give to my own university, I give to Hillsdale. So, uh, <laughs> Well, thank you. Absolutely. So uh, your book, it's so fascinating. I, I started reading it yesterday, and uh, I grew up, of course, uh, graduated from college in 68, so I'm, I'm all about the Vietnam War and our reactions to it. And, of course, at the time, I was young, foolish, and uh, very opinionated, but mm-hmm. I wasn't too much appreciative of the Vietnam War. Uh, just tell us, this book, Triumph Regained, uh, the Vietnam War between 65 and 68, why did you write it? I decided to write it and, first of all, um, began working on this over 20 years ago, and I wrote the preceding volume, Triumph Forsaken, which covers kind of the entry into the war. But I got into the project because it became clear to me when I was a college student that uh, Vietnam War had been misrepresented badly by press and academia, Mm. in many cases for sort of self-serving purposes or partisan agendas. And so uh, having started to meet Vietnam veterans, you know, they didn't conform to the negative stereotypes that I'd heard about. Mm -hmm. And that caused me to, you know, dig further and then to really start to realize that so much of the history had been distorted. So I spent uh, a great deal of time and, and found many more new discoveries even than I had anticipated. So, uh, why did America go into the uh, Vietnam War? The real fundamental purpose of going into Vietnam was to contain communism, and that part is, I think, not particularly controversial, but what is controversial is the question of whether the U.S. actually needed to go into Vietnam, because there's a uh, conventional wisdom arose that this was not really important to containing communism and that the so-called domino theory was not valid. But it, as it turns out, I think there wasn't a lot of validity to the domino theory. And, you know, when the war ends in 75, you don't see lots of dominoes falling. But in 65, when the U.S. gets in, actually, there's a, a vastly different situation. And so strategically for the United States, it does make sense to go into Vietnam. Well, uh, was South Vietnam a vital interest to the United States? It in and of itself was not critical, and that was recognized at the time, but it was critical in that it, uh, if the U.S. were to leave, it would set in motion a, a chain of adverse events that would devastate America's interests, which could include all, pretty much all of Asia, turning to communism. And in, in in one of the early chapters, I talk about Indonesia being the most critical country of Southeast Asia, and it is actually able to overcome a communist uh, coup attempt in the fall of 65, and that will set it irrevocably on a path towards alliance with the United States, which is still relevant today because uh, they are a key ally of ours in dealing with confronting China. So uh, President Johnson was elected. He was extremely popular uh, during the election and uh, was elected with a, by a major mandate, started the uh, the uh, New Deal, Great New Deal, was it? What did he call it? The Great Society. Great Society, That's what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what it was. Uh, but you also point out that uh, you know he didn't follow the advice of his generals and perhaps, and they were giving him good advice. Maybe you could comment on that. Yeah, so the generals recognized early on that the war 
ought not be fought just as a defensive war inside of South Vietnam because that allowed the North Vietnamese to just keep sending in troops and weapons indefinitely. And so they wanted to uh, most fundamentally go cut the supply lines, the so-called Ho Chi Minh Trail in Laos. And Johnson and his Secretary of Defense, Robert McNamara, weren't convinced that that was going to work. But we now know from communist sources, and the book contains a great number of North Vietnamese sources that haven't been used before, but they clearly show that, in fact, this different strategic approach would have strangled the North Vietnamese war effort and forced them uh, to fight, if they fought at all, in, in, in a much different environment. And the generals were also pushing for more intense, intensive bombing of North Vietnam, and North Vietnamese sources also tell us that that also would have been a highly effective alternative. So interesting. So, of course, uh, I ended up in 1968 thinking we should be out of Vietnam. It's a, a fool's folly to get in there in the first place. Uh, that's not the position that you're taking, though. And uh, you're actually seeing that this was just improperly executed? Yes. And I will say uh, there was another prob- big problem with Johnson in that he was not making the case to the American people as to why this was so important, and he uh, he did so because of that emphasis on his domestic agenda, the Great Society, and he he felt that if the country got charged up with this war, that they would lose sight of his domestic program, which, of course, also his domestic program turned out not to be as uh, much of a success as, as he had hoped, but that certainly contributed um a great deal to a lot of the domestic unrest that begins to take shape. Do, do you think the uh, administration was uh, was uh, honest with this? In other words, I, re- I remember reports of hundreds, thousands of people, uh, Vietnamese, dying uh, at the hands of our uh, military. Uh, were we getting good reporting? Well, the Johnson administration did early on um, come up with a series of um, falsehoods or misleading statements about what was going on. And some of the most famous are during the 1964 campaign when Johnson's saying he's not going to send American boys to fight in Asia, which then convinces the North Vietnamese that the U.S. is not going to fight and causes them to ramp things up. And um, so, so he certainly brings some trouble on himself for mm-hmm. doing that. Now, in terms of uh, what's going on in the war itself, I don't think uh, the the war in Vietnam is really not different in terms of civilian casualties. I mean, that certainly civilians get killed in significant numbers, but that is also true if you compare it to World War II or Korea. It's yeah. really not that much different. People get in, you know, caught in, in the crossfire and are used uh, by one side to... Uh, you know, as human shields, that's just how things happen in war. Mark, so fascinating. Just really appreciate this, Professor. Again, the, the name of the book is Triumph Regained, the Vietnam War from 1965 to 68 by Professor Mark Moyer, M-O-Y-A-R. How can we get a copy of the book? Uh, you can go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or wherever else yeah, you get your books. All right. Genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show, Professor. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, another professor, Professor Larry Bell. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. He's also the author of many books, his latest, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, my Life by Design, Professor Larry Bell, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. And hey Bob, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, Professor. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, this classified document stash, I guess it was discovered on November the 2nd, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, now uh, we're discovering months later, I might add, that uh, apparently uh, that, that the Biden t- actually took uh, classified documents out of the White House uh, with and of course he had he was a vice president he didn't have the permission to do that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is uh, stirring up a lot of interest, isn't it? It's a kind of rank hypocrisy, and uh, it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of fun to watch because uh, you know all the all the big deal about uh, Trump's uh, hoarding of classified documents in Mar-a-Lago, and of course the raid on. Uh, Melania's wardrobe closet and, and with with guns and everything else. And uh, now we see quite a different uh, story emerging where Joe has had this stuff stashed for, for years. Uh, I've got an article coming out about that this morning on, on Newsmax. But, uh, you know, the first they found staff reported, apparently the staff reported one stash uh, at the Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania in a private office used by Biden in a closet. And then uh, uh, then another stash turns up uh, next to his Corvette in his, his garage in Wilmington, Delaware. And then <clears throat> another, more, more of them in his home and his private residence there. So, you know, who knows what what more is out there, but uh, it's uh, it's really it's really quite a show. He said, "Well, I keep my garage locked," and uh, <laughs> c- c- compare that with Mar-a-Lago, where they, you know, they got uh, tremendous uh, security there all the time. You know, the uh, archives and the and the FBI, DOJ knew. You know where where the stuff was stored. He, Trump even put uh, another lock on on the uh, that particular area, and so on. And then they conduct this this morning raid, and so on. They call a drama about it, and get a finally a special counsel. So we have to have to wonder now what Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, is going to do. He announced a special counsel yesterday uh, to. Look into it. I don't think he had any choice. Mm-hmm. But uh, any thoughts that Trump had committed a criminal offense 
that's going to be a hard sell right now, given that uh, poor old beluger Joe, confused Joe, is apparently uh, is sprinkled these uh, documents all over the place, including at least one or more on Ukraine during the time when he was the uh, point guy for Obama on Ukraine policy, and Hunter was working for Burisma, this uh, corrupt energy company, and, of course, Biden had threatened to withhold money, a million dollars, a billion dollars to uh, Ukraine unless they fire the prosecutors looking into Burisma, so and so. So, so uh, and, and then there's another wrinkle, which is more like a major fold than a wrinkle, but in looking at the Biden Center and all the money they've gotten from China yeah. and, and anonymous donors, <clears throat> and so there's that link, and it's it's getting pretty gruesome. It is indeed. In fact, uh, of course, in the absence of information, we tend to make things up. And here's some of the things I've made up in my own mind. And I'm just speculating. Uh, but why in the first place were attorneys going through boxes? <laughs> I can't help but wonder if there's not a link between this and Hunter Biden's. Uh, uh, apparently, they're close to pressing charges for uh, his uh, his misdeeds uh, by the uh, attorney from uh, the, uh, from uh, Delaware. So, you know, wh- why? Why? Uh, $1,200 an hour attorneys, why are they going through boxes in, in uh, his garage or in his office? Uh, that That's a real question. And then, uh, you know, he's um, he's got these papers. He has no cover because the president, of course, cannot declassify anything. Vice president has no capacity to do that whatsoever. And uh, is this perhaps, are these papers in any way tied to the, uh, uh, let's how he's been compromised by the communist Chinese? Well, you you know you mentioned you mentioned Hunter, and there's this uh, you know that they've known about since November November second, which was before about a week before the midterms. Said nothing about it. Yeah, and it's just kind of shades of Hunter's laptop being 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 covered. You know, not you know not revealed uh, before the uh, 2020 election. So. So first, they've been they've been sitting on this information. So you might ask, why did you know why did they release it and so on? And then you look at the uh, kind of mentioning earlier a little bit. Uh, you know, the Biden Center got nearly fifty million dollars. Well, the Pennsylvania University of Pennsylvania got. I'm, I'm hearing nearly fifty million dollars from from. Uh, anonymous Chinese sources and the Biden Center has gotten tens of millions as well from from China's sources and you look at in both uh, and particularly look at China and understand that these you know these documents a lot of them date back to a time when when uh, all the influence peddling was was succeeding uh, when this is these were when Biden was vice president. He took Hunter on a trip to uh, to Beijing, mm-hmm. where where Hunter met with his business partners. He comes back with a billion uh, ten days later with a billion and a half dollar deal for his company after you know, coming back on Air Force Two. So, and then you got the CEFC, you know, the millions there and. Ten percent for the big guy and all this other stuff. So, it's as this unfolds, I think it's going to become uh, you know, a major problem in twenty twenty four for for the Democrats and uh, you know who they don't have anybody to run that I can think of, and and this is just going to get uglier and uglier yeah. as uh, these oversight committees now open up and judiciary with. James Comer and Jim Jordan and so on. So it's we're going we're in for an interesting year. We certainly are, and I think uh, right now we're seeing the president's uh, chickens come home to roost. Frankly, because our pigeons, whatever, comes home to roost. But in, in any event, uh, it's uh, a, a lot of cavalier behavior on the part of the president. I think somehow, some way, this is all going to get revealed here in the next year uh, through the 118th Congress. 
Professor, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show, and I do want to recommend your book, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design, by Professor Larry Bell. Also, his column on Newsmax.com, coming out with about this very topic, uh, Newsmax.com, his, his column is called On Point. Professor, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And Bob, thanks so much. My pleasure indeed. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did and learned a lot. Uh, we've got great guests for Monday's show. Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com, will be joining us and talking about current global events. Larry Reed, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education, will be joining us, as well as Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of many books. His murder mysteries are really fantastic. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. That's one of the ways we get the word out, and we can't do the show without our advertisers. So I hope you'll patronize them. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>